You're listening to Deeply Rooted with Dr. Kratisa, where we encourage you not only to just wash your hair on wash day, but check your soul. Living in America with natural hair is a unique experience. We should be discussing it and giving witness to our own vulnerable and sometimes hilarious stories. Hair stories that encompass much more than just how we style it. Everyone's hair journey is different. Everyone's hair is different. This is a safe space for Black voices. On today's episode, I speak with Amber Twine, full spectrum doula, midwifery student, and owner of Concrete Rose Holistic, a center to empower decision-making and reproductive health journeys. In short, she makes sure you have the freedom to manifest your reproductive journey the way you want it, with dignity, autonomy, and safety. We'll talk all about her healing that occurred through her natural hair journey. I'll also be sharing some tips on how you can deal with what you find during your transition to natural hair. Please join me in welcoming Amber to the show. Hi, Amber. I love the vibe. How do you feel about today? I feel excited. (laughs) How's your hair doing today? She's doing great. Thank you. I'm glad that you gave her her adequate time and space and individuality. Yes, and her pronouns. Yes, and Mm -hmm. her pronouns. (laughs) My my girl was struggling a little bit yesterday, but she showed up for me today. So we'll we'll see how far this goes. Yes, yes. (laughs) So tell me when you think about your natural hair experience. Just tell me what is like the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, journey. Journey. Yeah, it's all about the journey and healing because I always feel like. My hair is not just its own entity, it's part of my body. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes we kind of treat our hair like it's this object mm-hmm. that is supposed to support us in whatever we want to do and look like. Yeah. But it's really an extension of our body and our health, and, and that's important. It is. You know? Did you always look at it like that in a holistic way? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> not until I went natural. That's when I really started thinking like, okay, my hair is not working with me. Why? Oh, because I'm not moisturizing her. Mm. I'm not, I'm like ripping at her. Like, what am I doing? I wouldn't do this to my face. So why am I doing it to my hair? Yeah. And then like unpacking that mm-hmm. and going through this process, you know? Oh my goodness. You said that. And it made me think of my son. We like bath time was hellacious <laughs> because we had to do hair combing. He's yes. like, mom, absolutely not. Please stop touching me. Yes. I want to play with my toys. I want to write on the bathroom wall and like be cool. But it wasn't until maybe this last like two months that I sat him in between me. We read hair love mm. and I realized that I needed to, was it? No, it wasn't hair. Was it hair love? I am not my hair. Oh, I didn't read that one yet. And I think she is a girl who's like, I'm excited about my hair or I love my hair. And she, mom rubs the hurting places. So anytime that you see you're popping a scalp like a hair or that you know that it would hurt you, is to just grab that spot and start rubbing it, you know? And that makes it feel better. And it also makes him feel more comfortable knowing that I am keeping tabs on how he's feeling, yes. you know? Like he can just chill and watch TV. He doesn't have to worry about what I'm doing in his yeah. head. So like, just that, taking that time yes. to be careful and patient and do it slowly. Yeah. It was a, such a completely different like experience. comforting experience. It was, for <laughs> him and for traumatic. me. <laughs> Let me tell you what he said afterwards. Thank you, mommy. Oh, I was like, are you thanking me? <laughs> and it's crazy. Like we're so used to just being in this space where it's like, oh, I'm tender headed, like go ahead, you know? Were you tender-headed? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe my mom was just rough. <laughs> you know? You know, there was nobody else to be there to be okay. like, Mom, come on now. So, I don't really know. I claim it, but you know, <laughs> there's no way to tell. <laughs> so, you are with child. Yes. Can I ask what you're expecting? Yes, a boy. A boy? A little king. A little Listen, <laughs> I love kingmakers. Yes. Kingmakers, I love it. Yes. So, tell me how you envision your hair experience to shift even with motherhood. So I have a daughter as well. Okay. And she's two and a half. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she's natural. I already knew that I wanted her to be natural and love her hair and love her curls. She just got to the point where she's like watching like Disney and stuff mm -hmm. and starting to look at Barbie's hair. And so I really wanted to make it a thing that, you know, you watch me do my hair and mm -hmm. you see me loving on my type of hair yeah. so that you can reflect and be like, oh, mommy, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, Lena, how do you like my locks? You know, I'll ask her, <laughs> I'll be like, aren't they beautiful? Mm -hmm. And just instilling those thoughts. Yeah. And then as a son, my child's father has locks. Yes. So <laughs> I just want him to also grow up and seeing like, mm -hmm. men are natural too. Yes. And you know, we just gotta love every inch of ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I find that as a parent, you have to always remember what it was like to be their age yes. in the experience. So mm -hmm. what do you remember about like the, your early wash days, like wash oh. days when you were younger? Listen, Lena has no idea, <laughs> okay, because my mom was not on that. My mom, she has a completely different texture than me. Okay. And so she can just take some water, brush and go. Mm -hmm. That's not my hair story. So our wash days were full of tears and hot combs and perms and just all those things that a normal black girl experience is. The just yeah. for me's, the, you know, mm -hmm. tugging and pulling. And so my wash days as a child were, you know, traumatic. We yeah. can call it what it is. Yeah. And then I grew up thinking like I needed to maintain that. Like I wouldn't even leave the house if my edges weren't laid. Mm. That was mm -hmm. a whole thing. Baby hair is worth a thing. I'm a 90s baby, so okay. <laughs> you know. Listen, listen. So that's how it was. Mm. Wow. How did, your, even, yeah. how did your mom feel about hair in general? Her, grand, or her mother has a weird relationship with hair too mm. because she grew up when perms, hot combs as well. So yeah. it's just like a generational pattern. Mm. And I think my mom had a traumatic younger experience because her mom didn't know how to do her hair. And I just passed down, you mm -hmm. know? So perms were easier, makes it more manageable. Yeah. And you know, that's reflected in how they kind of treated me and my sister's hair. Mm. Okay. You know? How different were you and your sister's hair? So me and my sisters have similar hair types. Okay. But I'm the oldest. So I love me, birth order stuff. I'm not I'm gonna resist know? the urge to ask you like psychological questions about birth order, but yes. and you being the oldest one, but I'm just gonna pull that back. Yeah, so so yeah, of course, you know, we were all treated the same. Mm -hmm. We all got the hot combs back to back. And I feel like the two younger ones watching me go first, it's like, okay, don't cry, Amber, because then your baby sister's gonna cry. And mm. it's just one of those things. Yeah. To the point where now the baby of my sisters, she cut her hair completely off. She has, she wants no parts. And you know, that's just a reflection of mm -hmm. what we had to kind of go through. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's such a experience of like a, somebody kind of, somebody else owning your hair. Yes. Um, how did you feel about your hair in relation to your peers at school when you were younger? Mm. So I was in a gifted program at a young age. Yes. So. <laughs> 
They took me out of my classroom, my diverse classroom, mm. and surrounded me I with know where this is going. white children. <laughs> yes, okay. yes. Um, so that transition, in addition to already the stigma that I had from my mom and my grandmother, mm. just created this space of like, your hair is different and wrong. It's like this circus type of situation. Mm. And then as a kid, you don't know any better. You just want to be like everybody else. Yeah. So that came with a lot of heavy stuff as well. Can you tell and me then, more about that? Of course. So, you know, seeing kids that had these little ponytails, especially the whole ponytail thing. You mm. just want your hair to just shake and put in a ponytail and be in gym and being all cute. You don't want to think about it frizzing up. You don't want to think, you know, you don't want to feel like that. Yeah. And then, of course, Moesha came out <laughs> without. Oh, my goodness, so yes. I'm like, Mom, okay. please give me braids so I at least can put it in a ponytail that way. <laughs> like, let me, give me something to work with. Yeah. So we went through a lot of those types of box braids and mm. trying to just find my way and feeling like I could have long, shaking ponytails, too. Mm -hmm. And then high school didn't make it any better. <laughs> so... Was it, were you still in the gifted program in um, high school or different? Did you go to like a magnet school or something like that? It was similar. I was mm -hmm. in the IB program at mm -hmm. that point, but it was more diverse. At least I was with other black people, not okay. just so isolated. Mm -hmm. But at that time it was like, you know, the early 2000s. So we're, we're transitioning here. Now tell uh, me, can you, I know what the early 2000s yes. was, but can you tell the people who may not know? So we were getting like, okay, we're getting out of Moesha's and more into like Aaliyah's, we're getting to the Ashanti's, we're getting into the, you know. Laid all the laid. way down, okay? yes. Okay, so here we go, I'm back to the perms. Like I'm switching from the box braids back to the perms. Fine, mm. asking my mom for a flat iron for Christmas. So, you know, now it's still, I'm still compromising my hair. Yeah. I'm still trying to work and trying to force it into these styles that I see and mm -hmm. my classmates have and you know it's a whole thing and then Keisha Cole came out so I'm like oh can I dye the back of my undercut you know. Oh I remember when she you know? did that. Oh my goodness. So, it was it was very it was very it was, much a moment. Yes. It, it was, was a moment. Just a lot going on. Okay. So. You know. A lot of options for hair choices, yes. but also very narrow standards 100%. at which to kind of work in there. 100%. Okay, okay. Did you have a favorite hairstyle? I told everybody mine was flips <laughs> with some waves in the front. Don't judge me, okay? You know, I think, and this ties back into my childhood, but like when I was about to graduate, I had like gotten to the pin curls. Ooh. And so I was killing it with the pink curls. My hair finally started growing and thriving. Mm -hmm. And then I put it in a ponytail. I was like, oh, y'all white girls not touching me with this ponytail, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, this full-bodied ponytail, y'all not touching me. And I think that was when I really was like, okay. Mm -hmm. I can I can work with my hair in different ways and love it. That was, you're you bringing up a great point. <laughs> pin curls were a really were good in. moment. And, yes. and a great way for us to get like body in a way yes. that we couldn't always get if we had permed hair. Like yes. usually it was like, meh. And they but, would last. Okay, like, and you would wrap it and come out and okay. just be like. <laughs> like on the bus, taking my <laughs> scarf off like, uh, uh, you know? <laughs> It was a whole vibe. Uh, it was. So it that was. was one of my favorite, like, okay. Yeah. Like, the white girls wasn't touching us, but we was doing it. I was, I remember, I just got this 
flash in my head. I used to remember, I remember doing this as a kid or as a teenager. There's a boy who liked me and um, we were kind of in some like pre-college situation. Anyway, we were in a room mm -hmm. and I had my scarf on and <laughs> I know he loved my hair. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those times where I had my hair wrapped around. Yes. I just took the scarf off and just let it kind of like do its thing. <laughs> and then I just took one yes. part and like, yeah, I just happened to look over like, he totally you know bought everything. Looking. I'm you like, looking. okay, like memoirs of a geisha. Like, can you make that man <laughs> crash his truck <laughs> with one look? <laughs> yes, my hair apparently did it back in the day. Yes. But, but that, it speaks to kind of where society was in terms of beauty yes. standards. You're right, because everybody was like, you gotta be thin. Yep. Can you wrap that necklace around your waist yes. like Aaliyah? Can you exactly. have it with the, everybody was wondering, does she have a good eye or not? Right, <laughs> the swoop, you know, had a little bangs, yes. Nice, nice. Did anybody in your life back then have natural hair? Did no. you see anybody? No, no, honestly, I can't think of anyone. I can't think of anyone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think I was one of the first ones, even in my family, to go natural. Yeah. To the point where they were like, go natural. Like, what are you talking about? And it's crazy because my uncle is a barber mm -hmm. and he would do perms and cuts on all his girlfriends. So it was like a thing, like he was even, and so it's like from all different sides, mm -hmm. straight hair was in and nobody was really embracing like the natural look. Mm -hmm. Tell me when yeah. you found that the natural look. How so, old were you putting, <laughs> give me vision, put um, us there. So in 2014, okay. it was like, okay. I was like just, my hair was just to the point where I'm just like, listen, I need to support it. I'm working on all these parts of my body mm -hmm. and my skin and just my, in general, my healing. Yeah. I'm going natural. And a coworker at the time of mine, now a friend, was, she was natural. And I was just like, wow, like she's coming to work every day with these different styles. She's doing these different things. I'm like, okay, okay, tell me about it. And she was like, yeah, girl, natural. I'm like, oh, I had never even thought about <laughs> natural, like, I wasn't thinking about being natural. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about being able to do something with this. Yeah. I didn't even acknowledge, you know. Her. So Her. <laughs> you didn't acknowledge her at the time. So, it wasn't even a her. It wasn't a her. It was just like a thing, a mm -hmm. chore, you know. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going natural. And I remember just being in front of that mirror. And I was like, okay, what can I do? I just wet it, washed it. And I'm like, all right. So it's... It's doing different things in different spots. Mm -hmm. And I noticed my bang was like over processed and it just wouldn't curl and I just cut it. And I was like, what did I do? But I just kept I just going. Cut it. <laughs> I was like, we're just gonna cut it off. It's not gonna curl. It's not gonna do anything. And my boyfriend at the time came home and he was like, what in the world did you do? I left you alone. What happened? He was like, what in the world happened? And I'm like, I went natural. Yeah, I didn't turn back. <laughs> That's how my boyfriend at the time was. I'm like, I went upstairs, he cooking dinner. I went upstairs, was like, I came back downstairs yeah. like with hair this short. He, I was like, yeah, I, I did it. Right. It's like, Mine's, it wasn't even even or anything. I just cut. Just cut where all the damage was. crazy, I just cut it. Mm. And you know, just yeah. went from there. Well, you gotta follow your heart. And if yes. you know, you know. Yes. And sometimes people think like the moves that you make in your life are drastic, but if you know, you know. Yeah. And I feel like the experience of being natural actually taught me to listen to myself more. Yes. And hear myself because, well, I think I told everybody on the podcast about this, but you don't know. I was in a, a fashion show and so I'd color my hair like two tone. Mm. And so mm -hmm. I was so nervous about being myself in that version. I was yes. like, 
I chose this, but then what is everyone else gonna see when I'm on this runway and mm -hmm. like everybody else is regular and like I didn't see the fact that everybody else had these regular like typical hairstyles and mine was like just different. Like I didn't have any respect for the, that fact at yes. all. And I just was like, I, it's too scary to go out there and try to be me right now. Yeah. And so it's more comfortable for me to be somebody else. Mm. And it wasn't until my hair fell out because wow. I was trying to be somebody else. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I want my hair back. I want my curls. <laughs> And, and sure enough, I needed to kind of find my way back to natural after that. But it is, yeah. it's such a, it's such a experience. Like hair is not just hair. Right. And like we say that all the time and, you know, NDIRE definitely gave us, yes. you know, we're not our hair. But yeah. in a lot of ways, our hair becomes a reflection of ourselves and the way that people treat our hair, yes. treat us because of our hair. A hundred percent. Have you, when you think back on the ways that people have treated you because you're, of your hair, can you think of some experiences that might have like impacted you in any way, good, bad, yes. ugly? So during college days, and I distinctly remember this because this was a major like part of my transition to choose to do this. Yeah. I remember I tried to kind of just do different styles. I was trying to like ease out of the perms and the weaves. Mm -hmm. And I went on this little, I guess, like two week stint of just going to events, but having my just, you know, natural, not too crazy styles. Mm -hmm. And one day I just put a weave in. And then that day, all these compliments back to back to back. And I'm like, I went two weeks straight going to these events, parties, all this kind of stuff. But the one day <laughs> after this long period of time, that I wear a weave, now I'm getting all these looks and these mm -hmm. compliments. And that really just stuck in my mind like, <laughs> what, what am I doing? How do I feel about this? What kind of attention do I want? How do I want to present myself? And it just really made me think about that. Mm -hmm. And I was so bothered that it took for me to have straight weave yeah. to be basically seen as beautiful. Mm. And so I carried that for a long time, and that kind of delayed, honestly, my natural hair journey for a while. Because mm. I just didn't want to be like, I was young, I was in my late teens, you know, yeah. or early 20s. So I didn't want to carry that. Yeah. But eventually, when I decided to go natural, I knew that it's because I wanted to be valued for more than something that was fake, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So. I, when you talk about that, I love the self-awareness that yeah. it takes to even get to that point in your awareness and conversation with yourself. Like I find that whenever women talk about their natural hair experience, there is already a level of inflection or reflection yes. that happens and vulnerability that's there to even yeah. be able to say, there's something about the way that I'm presenting myself that I don't entirely feel comfortable right. with. And like people underestimate how important it is for people to like have that ability to look at their emotions straight yes. on. That's not an easy thing. And, right. they, and people forget that you need a lot of practice to right. look at your emotions. So, and it's hard, yeah. you know, because you don't want to think like, you don't want to think about things so deeply, like you're making it like a big deal. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, that is an accurate representation. Like yeah. you didn't get any compliments until the day that you had leave. Mm -hmm. Like that's a real thing that actually happened in a real observation mm -hmm. and then to think okay am I going to just wear weaves for the rest of my life mm -hmm. <laughs> am I just going to put on a full face of makeup to leave the house every day no I don't want to do that okay. you know so that was powerful and 
it's no coincidence that I also started to taper off from makeup when I also mm. went natural. Mm -hmm. I started to change my clothes into what I wanted to wear mm -hmm. when I started wearing less heels when I went natural yeah. because I wanted to really be like a representation of how do I want to look, mm -hmm. how do I want to feel without thinking about what somebody else thinks about it. Yeah. So. That is awesome. Yeah. And I'm glad you got there before you had children because. Yes. Trying to figure <laughs> out who you are while trying to raise somebody to learn how they yes. are. Like, just, whew. Yes. <laughs> anyway. That's true. <laughs> when you, can you think back on like, did you ever have a moment where you realized the things, like the way that society impacted you? Like, and you realized like you drank the Kool-Aid as a bit of a moment. Did you ever have one of those moments where you were like, okay, now I was really drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> But I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I ever realized it, mm -hmm. but I think that it kind of stuck out to me when I would hear my peers make comments. And I'm like, wait, did they say what I think they said? And mm -hmm. are they judging that person off of this, this look or this thing? And those would kind of stick with me. Yeah. Um, but then I guess looking back, it's like, yeah, but you didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And... You know, yeah. <laughs> where you basically like okay with it. Mm -hmm. So I have those moments. Okay. I had those. Okay. I am curious about your first big special event after you initially went natural. How was mm. that? Because I have a, I, my personal <laughs> belief is that the experience of like when you go natural, one of the major crises of going natural is like the first serious event because we have in our minds our straight hair is yes. the standard for looking nice. So. What did you do? How did you get through that? You know, that's so strange. I don't know. I feel like an event that hasn't happened yet because I'm engaged, but I haven't gotten married yet. Okay. And for me, I keep thinking like, how am I going to do my hair for that? And I still haven't unpacked that. I've looked on Pinterest. I'm like, okay, what can I do with locks? Like, how can I dress it up? Like, what, you know? So I still toy with that, but I probably haven't even been to any huge events since I've been natural. But so that's something I think about a lot. Like, yeah. how am I going to dress it up and feel like a queen, yes. you know, and still be natural? Because that's important to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. We'll start early. I will say start early. There are the only person I've ever found who I like. I love their styles. It's a person in Africa and mm. she's teaching everyone online how to do natural hair and so mm -hmm. big a big part of doing natural hair for elegant events is you have to do a lot of stretching before like wow. stretching of the hair before and so you don't take all the curl out of it like you would when you blow dry you just yeah. kind of make it straight but then it's a little bit more shapely and yeah. you can do a whole lot more with it and I tried to find somebody close and they were not it and <laughs> I waited to the last minute. Then I was like, I'm just gonna do ponytails, like I'm, or I'm just gonna do my hair like out. Right. I'm gonna add a little bit to it. Right. I got one piece of hair, one piece of pack of hair. Not like I knew nothing of what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> my friend was like, Okay, I can put your hair in two ponytails and like give you like, like right. volume, and we can right. work that. And I'm like, Okay, we'll do that. But it was, it is very difficult to find someone yeah. who knows how to manipulate natural hair. Locks are even better. Locks yeah. are actually more accessible than natural hairstyles for weddings. Like, it, it really is. Yeah. We just don't know. Can you tell me how it felt the first few days and weeks after your transition? Oh, yeah. It was stressful, but 
stressful but freeing. I think stressful because I still had to go to work. <laughs> so just thinking, all right, you know, I'm at work. How does this work in a professional setting? That's always like a thought, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But empowered because it's like, oh, but I did that and mm -hmm. I'm not going back, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what did your coworker say when you first showed up? <laughs> so, you know, the, the typical like, oh, I love your hair, you know, that type of like, where you're just like. Thou doth protest too much, like know, it's too much. <laughs> like, like, you know how you're just kind of like, okay, you're doing too much. Can I touch it? Like the whole, the whole thing. But yeah, the black people didn't say anything, you know, not expecting them to, but mm -hmm. just an observation. Mm -hmm. I still remember the look my supervisor gave me when I showed up with my hair and I had, of course, I used to put these big, huge flowers on, my, on the side of my head. And I came in, he was like, hmm. <laughs> and then just walked away, I was like. <laughs> See, oh my gosh. <laughs> Not <I'm> trapped. <laughs> Tragic. Say more than that. Like, I mean, come on. Like, like, yeah. I mean, go to do that in your office. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. Like, oh, not yes. nice. Not nice at all. <laughs> what was the most endearing oh. reaction that you've had to your natural hair? Like somebody even, it could be in public, it could be somebody in your life, but one of the times that somebody's told you they love your hair and you've been like, wow, that means something to me. Like, I really Um, I think when my sister said, oh, I'm thinking about going natural, I was like, oh, I know that's because of me. You know. <laughs> I know did she say it? Did she admit it? No. no but she, you, but listen, you, you know, the older you sis. You know. know that was because you know. of me. <laughs> I knew she knew. And I feel like that was just like, cool. I'm mm -hmm. breaking cycles. Yes. <laughs> like yes. that's the part. I hear that so much that people always say that their friends and family, once you do it and you show them that it's okay and yes. they can do it, that they're likely to follow. Yeah. So trendsetter. Of course, the <laughs> oldest, you know, so yeah, that's um, powerful. What would you tell somebody who is thinking about going natural um, mm -hmm. and maybe kind of contemplating the decision? What would you say? I would say look at it as a self-care journey, and that's so important because, again, like I said before, it's an extension of our body. So just as much as you care about your facial routine, mm -hmm. as you care about your health, you know, mm -hmm. think about that when you're going natural. You care about your hair. How do you want to support your hair and, and nourish your hair? Yeah. You know, think less about the, I guess, like the fashion part of it, mm -hmm. because that is ever changing and trends come and go. Yeah. But just the actual journey of healing your body from the inside out. Mm -hmm. I think that is so important. Have you so ever had the idea of, of going back? Like No. Okay. <laughs> Not a chance. Mm -hmm. Not a chance. I have thought about cutting off my locks and mm -hmm. starting over, maybe mm -hmm. going back to curls, mm -hmm. but not changing my mind on being natural. Mm -hmm. Okay. What would you say to someone who is natural and is contemplating going back? I would be like, why? I want to unpack that Most too. Most people I've heard say that is because of the convenience, mm. but I'm like, Natural hair can be convenient. You just gotta see what works for you, you yeah. know? So don't give up. I'm like, don't give up yet. Yeah. <laughs> think about think about everything first and then, you know, do what you want from there. Yeah. No judgment, but, yeah. you know. It's very important for everybody to give their, themselves some time to reflect on what they want for their hair. And yeah. I, I always ask them to like, make sure that you're making a decision for yourself and not to be in the favor of someone else or, yes. you know, to get their grace. 
Just be you, authentically you. 100%. And that's what this show is about. I am so <laughs> happy we got a chance to talk. Thank Whenever you. you want to come back, you are more than welcome because Thank I would you. love to talk about motherhood and yes. hair yes. and naturalness yes. and how to get it. Yeah. All I'm the things. I'm loving it. Ladies and gentlemen, she is in midwifery school That's and like right. she's we have a passion <laughs> for maternal mental yes, health. We do. So it is serious. I'm so glad we met. Me too. <laughs> I'm grateful. <laughs> so appreciative. <laughs> One of the things that I really appreciated about my interview with Amber is that she shared so much about healing through the natural hair journey. And I wanted to encourage you all to look and do the same. So here are some tips on how to effectively manage what comes up during the transition to natural hair. So here's a little bit first of what you might expect. One thing that you're gonna experience is typical self-consciousness. You're expecting that, you're changing your hair, you're changing the way that you present yourself to the world. You're not necessarily sure of your hairstyles yet. Either you make this decision based on the fact that your hair is not good or is declining. Some people are forced into that decision. Some people make it knowingly. Like, I just want to reduce, you know, the use of chemicals or heat, whatever. And they have a goal. Some people know what they're getting into because they're like, oh, I heard somebody else's hair journey and I heard that it did so much for them and their identity and who they were. And so I wanted to see what it would be like. Either way, the self-consciousness you can easily expect. The new part that a lot of people do not expect is the shame and embarrassment. When you begin to realize how your beauty standards are skewed to someone else's standard of beauty. That the beauty standards that you hold, that you think are most beautiful, are in somewhat and kind of blatantly the exact opposite of what you have. And once you believe like, oh, I really don't like my lips, or oh, I really don't like my nose, or I don't like my hair texture, it's a little bit nappy, or I don't have the hair texture like the girl on the box, and I thought that that's what I had, and or I had it while it was wet, <laughs> where is it now? But the shame and embarrassment that comes with it is kind of like being smacked in the face with the racial portion of the experience. So most people are expecting to be embarrassed about like a hairstyle gone wrong. A lot of people are not expecting that they're going to experience shame about like internalized discriminatory beliefs, like self-hate kind of beliefs where mm, this kind of hair is not good. What looks nice to me is straight long hair, hair that's bouncy, hair that doesn't necessarily describe natural textured hair because then you'd say, I mean, like defies gravity and, you know, can hold form or is versatile, can be bouncy, can be firm, can be flowy. It, it can do a lot of different things, but that's not what we're describing. When we describe what we think is nice in the beginning of our transition, it is those old beauty standards, ones that are showed to us in media and all the things. I won't get on that soapbox, but Naturally, what comes with self-consciousness, shame, and embarrassment is 
not good feelings. So you're going to notice either some sadness or some anxiety, or even like for some people who got bullied around their hair or their skin or their lips or anything like that, and their black features might find that this is a time when triggers from previous experiences come up. Also, you're going to be challenging your values and your beauty standards. But once you get mucky into challenging your values and beauty standards and you feel all the shame, you feel the sadness and you think about where you want to be and where you want to go and how you want to feel about yourself. That is the key transition is deciding who you want to be. That being yourself is more important than going back and being accepted by social people or to to people in the community. So decide who you want to be. And usually that is the thing that kind of changes people's perception about natural hair, acceptance of themselves, giving compassion, all of that. So be authentic, follow your gut, and don't be afraid of what you find. It is natural to be worried about what you're finding. It's also natural to pretend you ain't learned anything or that you haven't been smacked in the face with like self-internalized discriminatory beliefs. Self-compassion is when we give ourselves support and encouragement rather than being cold and judgmental when we have challenges or difficulties. So when you find out these things that you might be a little bit ashamed about, you might be a little bit embarrassed about, manage it with compassion. Show yourself some compassion. Compassionately acknowledge that girl. Let her know it's okay to be where you are. You deserve it and she deserves it. The journey through yourself is the most important part. And again, like I always say, this is all easier said than done. So remember to be nice to yourself. I dare you. Thank you for tuning in to Deeply Rooted with Dr. Kratisa. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to share and support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and share the show with family and friends. And remember, on wash day, don't just wash your hair. Check your soul. Thanks for listening to the show. This is brought to you by Alive Podcast Network.